Hey, 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 it's Matty Graham here from Exponential Performance Coaching. Welcome to episode 19 of the Exponential Performance Podcast. It is so good to have you here, and in today's episode, we dive into two listener Q&A. One, about caffeine, and number two, about carbohydrate intake. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Exponential Performance Podcast. Join sports scientist and performance coach Matty Graham to find out how to train smarter and maximize your performance no matter who you are. G'day mate, it's Matty Graham here from Exponential Performance Coaching. How are you this week? It's good to have you on the line with me. Thanks for tuning in. What has been going on? I hope your training is ticking along nicely. What have you been up to this week? Post a comment below about what sort of training you're up to at the moment. Always keen to hear what you have been up to. Write a quick note no matter what platform you are listening on. Also, if you're finding these podcast episodes helpful, truly helpful, please share them around on social media. Share the love. I want to keep helping as many people as I can achieve whatever goals they are moving towards in their athletic endeavors it brings me a lot of joy to be able to help people improve their performance just purely by providing good quality information that they can use in the real world no bs here only helpful information to move you one step closer to your goal So what are we talking about today? Well, in today's episode, I have a couple of follow-up questions to episode 16 in which I dive into what supplements actually help endurance, health, and strength goals. So I've got two questions from listeners that I want to dig into today. The first is about caffeine. Do you use caffeine to help boost your performance if you don't you might want to consider doing it because it is an extremely well proven low risk supplement that improves performance and the other question i get is about carbohydrate ingestion how much when and in what form should you be consuming carbohydrate to maximize your performance so sit back relax unless you're out on your bike If you're on your bike, like I know some of you are, pedal harder. If you're running, run a little bit harder. If you're not, sit back, relax, and let's get ready to take your performance to a new level. Let's get into it. Hi Maddie, uh, just listening to your last podcast and was wondering, is there any side effects or anything with the green items that you were talking about in the nutrition side of it, uh, caffeine especially, and how would we look to integrate that into our training so that it uh, best works on race day? Thanks for your question mate, um, and for those that haven't listened to it, Josh is referring to the episode that I talk about what supplements actually work for endurance, strength, and health. 
This is episode 16 of the Exponential Performance Podcast, and I will post a link to this in the show notes. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to that, and that will give you a little bit of a deeper insight into what I'm talking about here. So in that podcast, I outlined supplements that have been shown to work, that have got good scientific evidence behind them, and they were outlined in green, sort of like a traffic light indicator here. And then there were orange supplements that have got some evidence, but not a lot, emerging supplements, should I say. And then there are red supplements, which you should keep away from. So I talked about green supplements for endurance and the key ones here that have got really good scientific evidence that show they work for endurance athletes are caffeine, carbohydrate gels and drinks, beta alanine, beetroot juice, sodium bicarbonate and antioxidants. So what are the side effects for these? The side effects for these are really minimal. They have made it into the green category because they are quite safe to use. But there are some side effects and these are largely GI related as in terms of gastrointestinal issues. So if you take too much of any of these supplements, it will upset your stomach just because they are consumed orally through the mouth. So if you take too much carbohydrate in, um, too much beetroot juice, too much sodium bicarbonate, as I talked about in episode 17, you will get gastro issues, okay? That's the key thing. Get your dosage dialed in a long time before you start to race because that will be the main side effect is GI issues. Also, beta alanine has been found to give people itchiness or tingling in the skin depending on your dosage and the uh, rate of release of the protocols that you use. So if you are looking at using beta alanine and you are experiencing tingliness, then it's potentially to do with the dosage as well. So that's another side effect. Let's focus more on caffeine because that's what your question was about, Josh. Caffeines are relatively safe supplement to use. It's one of the most widely used supplements in the world uh, and it's a really well proven performance enhancer. One of the key side effects with caffeine is it can lead to over arousal on race day or an increase in nerves or anxiety in some people. Because it is tapping in and heightening the central nervous system and acts like adrenaline, it can push you over the edge in terms of that. So if you are naturally a nervous person before race day, or you're naturally quite hyped up, then caffeine may be something you want to avoid, or I'll talk about a few strategies in a minute about how you want to plan your caffeine intake. So typically with caffeine, there are three types of people. There are responders who get really good noticeable uh, performance improvements from taking caffeine. Then there are non-responders, and you'll probably know if you're a non-responder, you're the type of person that can have four or five coffees in the afternoon and then go straight to sleep. Okay, If that is you, you're probably not going to get much benefit from caffeine. And the third type of person is a hyper-responder. 
These are the type of people that just have to sniff caffeine, so to speak, and they are going to be bouncing off the walls and they're not going to be able to sleep for three months. So what I would suggest, if you know that you are hypersensitive to caffeine and you're a little bit of a nervous nelly on race day, then I would suggest you hold off the caffeine or take caffeine right before the start of your event. Caffeine takes about 60 minutes to be uh, absorbed into the system and the levels to peak in your blood. So if you take caffeine just before the start, and I'm talking like three minutes before the start, five minutes before the start, then you're not going to get any of those negative effects until you're away and racing. And usually those nerves wear off within about the first 30 minutes. And once you get into the strider things, the caffeine will start to release into your bloodstream. You'll get the performance benefits, but you won't be getting the negative side effects associated with those nerves. So that's how the first, if you're nervous, that's the way I'd suggest to take it or just completely avoid it. If you are a responder or a non-responder, I would still suggest taking caffeine, even for those non-responders, because while you might not be able to feel there's a benefit in your performance, the research shows that there is improvements in performance. Even if you're not feeling it, those little 1, 2, 3 percenters over the day, that may add up. So for these people, I'd suggest taking it approximately 60 minutes before your race starts, so that on the start line, you've got those peak levels in your blood if you've got a really long endurance event caffeine's got a half-life of about six hours so after that time if it's longer than a six-hour event you probably want to start resupplying after that fact or holding your caffeine consumption until later in the event so that you get the lift from it in the closing stages of your of your race so how do you integrate this into your training to avoid any potential negative responses? The first thing with all of those green items that I outlined in that supplement list is get your doses right and trial it in training many times before so you know what you're dealing with. Last thing you want to do is go on to race day and not have it dialed in. So get that sorted first and foremost. With caffeine, Trial it in some of your key high-intensity uh, training sessions. If you've got a race simulation or you're doing race-specific intervals, nail it during those sessions. Not only will you get a higher training output for those key sessions, but you'll also see how your body responds to it. The other thing is, is that habitual caffeine users don't have as much of a boost from caffeine on race day as non-habitual caffeine users so if you're if you really want to get the most out of caffeine on race day you can try decreasing your caffeine consumption on a daily basis in the one to two weeks before your event what this can lead for some people is a decrease in performance a general just you know life just falling to pieces for them because they rely on caffeine so much to get themselves through the day if that sounds like you it's probably not worth dealing with all of that fallout from 
caffeine withdrawals as it is for the boost that you're going to get from the race. So I'd say probably just leave it, dose up on race day, and do your best. If you're serious about getting the maximal benefit from the caffeine, and you can face not having your caffeine fix in those couple of weeks before race day, dial it back so you get the maximal benefit on race day. So there you go, Josh. I hope that helps answer your question about those green items on the list, those negative side effects, how to deal with them potentially, and caffeine specifically. Just remember, if you've got a question, any question at all, send it through to me in a voice message over at the Exponential Performance website underneath the podcast tab, and I'll do my best to answer it. Let's check out this next question from Johnny. Hi Maddie, it's Johnny here from Bay of Islands. I'm a Waka Armour paddler. Uh, really enjoying the podcast and the question I've got for you is regarding the supplements for endurance and in particular the gels. What I don't really know is uh, how often should I be taking the gel during racing and when should I start taking it? My understanding is maybe after the first hour of paddling and um, then how often do I take it after that and does it change depending on how long the race is? So some examples of a two-hour race, a three-hour race or maybe a four-hour race would it be at half-hour intervals? I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, mate, and keep up the good work. Would it be at half-hour intervals? I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, mate, and keep up the good work. Johnny, thanks for your question, mate. Thanks for sending it in. It is bloody good to hear that you're enjoying the podcast and getting something out of it. I hope your training is going really well for your Waka Armour goals and that the Paddle Strong Strength Training Program is treating you well. So carbohydrate gels, this again links back to episode, what was it, episode 16, where I talked about those supplements. And again, carbohydrate drinks and gel was in that green category for endurance athlete. These have been well proven to improve performance. So the key thing is that it doesn't really matter if it's a gel if it's a drink or if it's a bar. As long as you're getting that carbohydrate content in, you're going to get an improvement in that performance. So what about the timing? The timing is all about avoiding highs and avoiding lows. So if you can imagine, as soon as you consume some carbohydrate, it takes some time to get it broken down and it doesn't require much breakdown if it's coming in the form of a gel, a drink, or a bar. It's pretty instantaneous. These special, specially formulated sports drinks, gels, and bars are formulated specifically to minimize breakdown, minimize the amount of work that the gut has to do, so it's easily absorbed and readily available to you for your muscles to use. So it almost streamlines things from getting it from your stomach into your blood, into your muscles. So with these, it doesn't really matter if it's a gel, a bar, or a drink. It just matters how much carbohydrate is in there. So how much do you actually need? You're looking at around 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour. 
So most gels have about 25 grams of carbohydrate in them. So you're looking at at least two gels an hour. Now there is an upper limit of about 60 grams if you're just taking in glucose. Most gels, however, these days are have a glucose-fructose mix, which allows you to absorb more carbohydrate. And it's been shown that you can absorb up to about 90 grams an hour. So if you keep that figure in mind, you're then looking at around about three gels per hour. And a lot of people, when they first hear this, they think, far out, that's a lot, and I probably cannot consume that much. The key thing is, is for endurance events it's been it's been shown in the research that one of the factors for going fast is carbohydrate intake the more carbohydrate you can take in the faster you go and there is some aspect of training your stomach that needs to be done and i cover this in episode 5 of the podcast how to train your gut So you can actually train your stomach and your gut to handle more carbohydrate intake. So if you do have troubles consuming the required amount of carbohydrate, check out episode 5. I'll post a link in the show notes and you can check out how to train your stomach. So especially for you, Johnny, who's in a paddle sport, you really want to focus on targeting these upper ranges. And the reason for that is that paddle sports that use the upper body, and I realize it uses the lower body as well as kayaking does, but the primary movers are the, is the upper body musculature. And because it's a smaller muscle mass than the lower body, there's less stored carbohydrate in the muscle or muscle glycogen. Because there's less of that, your body relies heavily on your circulating blood glucose for fuel okay so you need to make sure it's going in otherwise you're not going to be able to keep the output going out so the whole idea is we want to avoid any major fluctuations if you can imagine a wave pattern with highs high peaks and low troughs what we want to do is minimize the the height of the highs and the lows of the lows and the way we do this is by taking in small amounts of carbohydrate on a regular basis so rather than saying taking three gels each hour what we want to do is break that down over the hour so we're drip feeding the engine so to speak so if you've got your three gels per hour how do we break that down? We want to take in those gels every, say, fifth, anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes. I personally really like 20 minutes. Every 20 minutes I have an alarm go off on my watch and I knock back the required amount of carbohydrate in that time. If you have GI issues, you may want to look at a more regular interval and a more and a smaller amount of carbohydrate at each interval. This just helps your stomach handle the amount that's going in. When you train, race, or exercise, the amount of blood that goes to your stomach is decreased because it's getting diverted away to your muscles. This causes a few problems because your stomach and your intestines still need blood 
to absorb and to do the job that it needs to. And this is where some GI problems creep in, is that people think, oh, I don't want to take anything in because I get the stitch or I get cramps in my stomach. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to hold off as long as I can, and then I'll take something in when I get you know, really buggered. The problem with that is that during that time of not consuming any fuel, the body has diverted lots of blood away from the stomach because it's not working at all. And then the person gets knackered, they decide to dump in a whole bunch of gels, drinks or bars, and their stomach is lumped with all of this carbohydrate and it can't do anything with it because it's got no blood supply, so it cramps up and you get those, you know, like you get a stitch, you get cramps, it's just not great. So the key thing is nail the amount that you need to take, get strict on your timing and stick to that timing. You asked, when do you start taking them in? Well, what I would suggest is taking them in even before you start. If you wait till the first hour, you've already gone through about three quarters of your stored energy in your body in terms of muscle glycogen. And when you're racing, muscle glycogen is the key fuel that you use. The key fuel, unless you're racing bloody slowly, and then you're probably not even racing if you're going that slow. So to go fast, you need to use muscle glycogen. If you wait until the first hour is over, you've used about three quarters of that. So what I would suggest is take it, take your first gel, bar, or drink about 20 to 30 minutes before your planned start time. That way, your body has time to absorb and have that carbohydrate ready to be used when that gun goes off. Does it really matter on the length of the race? Not really. If you are racing over an hour, you need to have something coming in. If you're racing under an hour, if you take a gel before it, you should have enough stored energy to get you through it. And based on the intensity of the race, you're probably not going to want to take anything in to avoid any issues with your stomach, you're probably not going to want to slow down to try and consume anything either. So if you're doing a two-hour race, a three-hour race, four-hour race, you just extrapolate that you know 15 to 30-minute feeding cycle out across the event. And while you didn't ask this in your voice question, you did ask it in an email, so I will cover it in that is there a time where you can tough it out and not take in some carbohydrate? Because you mentioned there's a trade-off between stopping, stopping paddling, consuming some carbohydrate, and keeping going. What I would suggest is don't tough it out. You need to set up a system where you can consume gels, bars, or drinks hands-free. Multi-sport paddlers are really good at this. Those athletes that are you know racing in the coast to coast, they'll have uh, anywhere between you know four to six hour kayak stage, and they need to be fueling through all of this. So what you can do is rather than having your gels and your little sachets or your little bottles, is put them in a big bottle, have a straw going down, slip it in the front of your buoyancy aid, or I'm not too sure if you have a camelback on, and have everything in that. Have your little bite valve right next to your mouth. So all you need to do is tilt your head down, 
suck up the required amount of gel or drink, and you're away. That way, you're not tempted to miss a feeding cycle, and you're always going to stay fueled up so you don't get these massive highs and lows with your energy level. It's just a constant drip feeding of the engine. So get that feeding system sorted out so you do not have to take your hands off that paddle. The other thing is, is if you're getting close to the finish line, let's say your your alarm's gone off for your feeding cycle and the, the finish line is like 5 or 10 minutes away. A lot of people will say, ah, we'll flag this final you know, feed and we won't worry about it. But listen to this. You can take carbohydrate into your into your mouth. Let's say it's a gel or some, some sports drink. Hold it in your mouth, swish it around, and then spit it out. And your body will actually upregulate your work output just from having that carbohydrate in your mouth. And there's some amazing research that shows this. And what they think are the mechanisms behind this is that there are sensors in your mouth that sense carbohydrate. And these sensors send a signal to your brain and then to your muscles saying there is fuel on the way you can upregulate how hard you're working because there's fuel on the way. But the fuel actually never goes there, but it's a way of getting more work out of you, say in the final push of a race, or in really short, hard races where you don't want to take anything into your stomach because you're worried about those GI upsets. So never tough it out and push through. Even if you're not going to consume the carbohydrate into your stomach, hold it in your mouth and then spit it out and you're going to get an improvement in your performance even though you didn't take it into your stomach, which I think is absolutely incredible and can be used to great effect if like I say, you have GI issues or the finish line's coming up and you want to get the most out of yourself, give it 100%. So there you go, Johnny. I hope that answers your question, mate. If it didn't, feel free to fire me through another voice message and I will do my best to answer it. Done. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope you found that listener Q&A about caffeine and carbohydrate useful for your performance. If you have any follow-up questions about either of these topics that we've tackled in today's episode, please either leave a comment below or send me in a voice message about your question and I will do my best to answer it for you. I just want to keep giving good, practical, real-world information to as many people as I can so that they can go out there and improve their performance and achieve their goals no matter what they are. The feeling that you get when you tick off those big goals is undescribable. Okay, It's just one of the best feelings in the world. So if I can help you get that feeling and break down those barriers and push yourself harder than you thought you possibly could, 
then I want to do that. So if you've got a question, let me know. Until next time, get out there and train hard. But most importantly, train smart. <laughs>